Ron and Anian. Our economy and the world economy is petroleum-based. You're not going to see electric vehicles come into the marketplace so accepting that fast. But it can buy me a boat. The Car Doctor. I can convince you to put money in it. Have you priced out a new truck yet? Oh, not recently. Go price out a new yeah, pickup truck, Joe. I, I see they're in they're in sixty, seventy thousand. Oh yeah, you can spend you can spend sixty grand, you know, on a bad day. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the Car Doctor. Since nineteen ninety one, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's Ronnie and the car doctor. 855-560-9900 is the phone number here to take and solve your automotive problems. Let's kick the garage doors open as the phones are busy this hour as always. And go to Bob and Yonkers, 07 Caddy STS. Bob, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Uh, good afternoon, Ron. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I had some front-end work done on my vehicle, and um, my display was showing that my front left tire was in need of some tire pressure. Um, when I went to put the air in the tire, uh, the pressure was good on the left, and it appears that uh, my display is reading left front when it's actually referring to my right front tire. Okay. So I guess the, the service car, when they had the car serviced, uh, they put my left front tire on the right side. So I'm wondering, is there a way to reset these tire sensors? Or yeah. should I just uh, swap the tires back? Well, no, there's a there's a way to reset them. There's there's two methods. One's with a special tool, which you probably obviously don't have. Um, but, but the shop might, and I think the shop is obligated to, to do the reset for you. They just did some front-end work, and, you know, money changed hands. Right, Bob? Absolutely. And, you know, to me, you know, not relearning tire pressure sensor location is, you know, to me it's right up there with leaving lug nuts loose. It's just it's just part of the job. So they should reset it. If they can't, won't, or don't, then, you know, there is a method you can, and it's probably in your owner's manual as a guess, where they're going to talk right. about holding down the remote unlock lock transmitter, hold the two buttons, and then let air out of the tire, start with the left front, the horn will chirp, go to the right front, right rear, and so on. Um, it's a little primitive. It's a little awkward. You've got to have access to air to put air back in the tires, which is a pain in the butt. Um, so, you know, it's easier with a tool. It's easier to have the shop do it. And, uh, you know, just go back and talk to them. Maybe they just forgot it's a busy Saturday and they just, you know, it just, it just, uh, um, you know, it just kind of, you know, got passed by. Is this a regular place that you go to? Yeah, I've been using them a while. Yeah, um, you know, yeah, I'm listen. sure he'll have no problem yeah. taking care of that for me. I'm just wondering if something I can do without going back to the shop and going through the hassle. You, you can, but you're still going to need, do you have, do you have an air compressor at home? Um, yeah, I do. Okay. You know, like I said, uh, open the owner's manual. It'll probably be in there, but I think in the long run, it just might be easier for you. And listen, um, you know, it's just nice to sort of set the boundary of, hey, guys, I'm watching. <laughs> you know, right, uh, right. because the other thing you got to think about is, and I always think this to myself when I hear and see of this, if they did it to you, 
did they do it to somebody else? And, you know, maybe it's not the whole shop. Maybe it's the kid that does the final prep, or maybe it's the kid that rotates the tires, and he doesn't know to reset TPMS. So you may think of it as if you go back and tell the owner or whoever the fella is that you deal with on a regular basis, and I realize I'm kind of an idealist, but that's just me, um, you know, maybe he's going to go, yeah, you know what, the young kid doesn't know. Let's go teach him, and that's how we're going to raise the next generation. So that's another way to look at it, too. Yeah, yeah. The concern I have is because, like, when we usually rotate my tires, they just do the front to the to the back, you know, back to front. They keep the rotation of the of the tire in the same direction. Right. And by swapping the left to the right, I'm just wondering if that, you know, that's why it was better off just switching the tires so that I keep that same rotation of the of the radial tires. Well, it, is that uh, an issue any longer? Well, it, no. Well, yes and no. Let me let me say it like that. It really depends on. How, you know, what brand of tire, what model of tire that is. Tires became non-positional, non-directional 25 years ago. Unless, unless okay. it specifically says on the tire, outside, inside, direction of rotation. Unless the tire gives the instruction that it has to be this side, this rotation. You can put any tire anywhere. It doesn't matter anymore. Now, maybe, and in some cases with positional tires... We'll, we'll swap them, we'll cross them against the tread, so to speak, because we're trying to correct a wear issue. I'm not a fan of positional tires in a lot of cases for this specific reason. And, right. you know, we'll, we'll try to correct the tread to get the edge down so it's not so lumpy that it becomes an issue. So, you know, fair right, question. Right. Go back and say, listen, normally we rotate front to back. We will do, as a rule, the rule in the shop is we will do a a front cross, a rear-to-front cross, and a front straight-back rotation on a regular basis. And sometimes we just do a straight cross, left-front, right-rear, uh, right-front, left-rear, that kind of thing. So, uh, right, right. you know, we'll look, at, we'll look at where and try and adjust accordingly. But to do a right-front, left-front swap, usually we're chasing where and a feathering issue. And then the next question becomes why. Do we have an alignment problem? Do we have something loose? Uh, you know, is there more to it than what we're actually seeing? So, you know, maybe it's a trip back to the shop to, to, to talk to them at a, right. at, a, at, a, at a second level. That sounds good. All right, sir. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. Good All luck. Right, thank you, Ron. You're very welcome, sir. If you need us, we're here. You take good care. Let's get on over and talk to Matt in Missouri. Matt, you made it through, brother. I was, watching, I, I was watching this call drop the last hour going, sooner or later we're going to get to talk to Matt in Missouri. Um, uh, I appreciate your diligence. So how can I help you today, sir? Oh, good to talk to you, Ron. I've been listening to you about seven years now. I, Thank I you. love your show. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. What's going on? Uh, so it's, a, it's, a, it's actually my brother's truck. I'm speaking on his behalf. He has a 2017 Ford Raptor. Okay. Um, it's a Generation 2. And we went on a trip. He actually lives in Colorado. We went on a trip. We hauled his 2,000-pound uh, bass boat, which is like nothing to that truck. Right. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, um, we, we get an engine code, and it's the transmission uh, light or whatever, the wrench. Right. So uh, anyways, we get out of the truck at a rest, rest station. We check it out. We don't know what it is at first. And then we see transmission fluid all over the back of the boat. Uh -oh. You know, we're on the highway. So the boat's been so, rust, so the boat's been rust proofed at this point. <laughs> That's correct. So. <laughs> so so anyways, he has Ford dealer come and get it because it's still under warranty. It goes to the Ford dealer, and they look at it and they just say, "Well, uh, your your transmission overheated, 
and busted one of the lines. I don't, I don't know the technical term. Okay. So um, they went in there and they said, well, you don't need a new one. You just need a rebuilt one. A rebuilt, so a rebuilt what? Transmission. Transmission, correct. Okay. And so they, or I'm sorry, torque converter, torque converter. Okay, you overheated, okay, torque converter issue, right? You overheated the torque converter clutch. Yes, sir. Okay. So so then they did that, and then um, he he got it back. He had it for about a month, and now he's, this is the same problem he's having now where he gets in the car, and he, he has the car, he starts the truck, and then he has it in par a park, and there's no sound. But whenever he puts it under load in reverse or drive, there's like a belt tapping noise like a tapping noise and it's it's not crazy loud but it's it's loud enough to annoy him to death so um whenever it's under load so he took it back to the dealer uh long story short they threw their hands up in the air they're like we've never experienced before we don't know what's going on then he took it to another the third ford dealer and that's where it is today and they're they're kind of throwing their hands up too they don't know what it is i I would think it's mechanical but that's, that's basically where we're at time um it's under warranty Yes, sir. It's at an authorized Ford dealer. Yep. It's it's broke. I mean, they can hear it make this noise. Yep. Okay. What's the problem? Like fix <laughs> fix the car, fix the broken car. Like, dude, I you know I don't, I don't understand. Um. So you know, oh boy, um, I'm the franchise. So does does this trans have? You know, is it one, two, D, and D with a circle? Do you remember? Is there different? I believe it is. Okay. Yeah, so, I believe it is. So if we put it in, so he's probably putting it in D with a circle. If we put it in one, two, or the other D, does it make the noise? Mm, that's a good question. I'm going to have to ask him. And guess what? I asked that within 30 seconds of hearing the problem, and I'm not even in front of the vehicle yet. Right, uh, you know, I hate I hate to swagger a little bit, but holy cow, how hard is this, guys? Um, he, oh, he's he says that his third job, it well, he says his first job going to work in the morning, second job is whatever, and his third job is going to the Ford dealer because he's literally going up there once, twice every week. Yeah, that doesn't. That's listen. It's time to. Is he talk? Has he talked to the service manager yet? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so. Yeah. You know, I, I think this has to be the conversation about, you know what, guys, I had a choice of a lot of trucks, and, and, I, and I'm trying to see the value in this one, and I'm trying to see the value in an American product, but you guys are like, I'm losing faith. And he may have yep. to elevate this to Ford Motor Company themselves and say, hey, guys, because I know Ford wants to fix it, and Ford wants to make people happy. I have no doubt about that in my mind. Um, I just think that we're running into a bunch of dealers that, frankly, are lazy. Uh, you, you know, call it like I see it. Listen, my daughter went to a Ford dealer in Baltimore. I'm floored, all right? You know, not every dealer's a great dealer. There's good and there's bad. She goes to a Ford dealer in Baltimore. The car's got 3,000 miles. No, she's got 3,200 miles on it. It's 10 months old. She's leasing it. I said, go get the oil change before winter. It's early, but, you know, just get, get the oil change. She goes mm-hmm. in there. It's a 2019 car. They try selling her uh, uh, a checklist to make sure that the vehicle's in good shape. I said, a checklist for what? It's got 3,000 miles on it. You, you just got it in March. What are we doing? All right? Yeah. She gets the oil changed. They didn't do tire pressure correctly. I had to do the tire pressure when she came up for Thanksgiving, right? And they didn't put the plastic cover on top of the engine when they changed the oil. I guess that's extra. And, you know, I just I came home, I looked at my wife, and I said, we're going to have to come up with a pill that keeps me going another 30 years because everybody's an idiot out there. I don't understand. Nobody can do their job. 
Well, this this truck has only got seventeen thousand original miles on it. Right. There's there's no reason for this to be happening, you know. And, and they right. just, they just want to say, oh, you know, it's no big deal. It's just a tapping noise. It goes away after two to three mile an hour. Pick a part but, but the, and change something. Diagnose mm-hmm. it. Talk to the engineers. So, in other words, here's what here's what I want your brother to ask the service manager. Okay, I just thought of it. All right, mm-hmm. I want your brother to go to the service manager and say, "Listen, I hear the noise. You hear the noise. Do we agree it's an abnormal noise?" Okay, chances are the service manager is going to say yes, and if he says no, say then bring me another 2017. I want to hear it make that noise, and it won't, and he'll look and he'll look stupid. All right, and then after he's done right. looking stupid, then get him to say, "Yeah, you're right. That's not a normal noise." Good. So you're telling me that you're building with all your mechanics and all your connections to Ford, and you guys have called Ford Motor Company and the engineers, and they can't come up with an answer. You're telling me this is now a normal condition, <laughs> right? It's- it's crazy. I, I don't know where I don't. He don't know where else to turn. It's driving him. It's it's like a nerve. He's got a nervous tick over it. Now, I mean, he just, he, now <laughs> listen. This could also be something as simple as maybe in the assembly of the converter when they put the trans back together. Maybe they didn't tighten the bolts on the flywheel right. <laughs> you know, hmm. did anybody check the work of the previous mechanic? Let's go back to simple. Uh, Good point. You, you know. So I think you got to have a cup of coffee conversation with somebody. Sit down, calm, rational like, guys, this isn't normal. What are we going to do about it? I'm tired of coming back here. I want to come back here to buy another car, not keep on having this one get it fixed. Call me back next right. week. Let me know what happens. All right, sir? Thank you, sir. You're very welcome. You. you take good care. 855-560-9900. Jeez. I'm Ron Annie and the car doctor. I'm not going anywhere. I'll be right here. Come on back. Whether it's a little red Corvette or a Yugo, you've come to the right place to get that car fixed. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. Now, back to Ron. Hey, let's get over to Cindy in Delaware. Cindy, welcome to the Car Doctor. How can I help you in your 03 Chevy S10? Well, uh, I live in Delaware, and we uh, just to give you a little background, you know, they put that crappy ethanol in our gas. Yeah. So that's one issue here in Delaware. And uh, it's it's a 2003 S10 that it's not a work truck. I, I literally bought it used just to go to Home Depot and Lowe's and do yard stuff. So, up, the, up there on but, Route 13 in Delaware? <laughs> yeah, well, actually, uh, Route 1, Coastal Highway. Okay. Uh, I just came through. So, I, just, I just came through Route 13. Is that down where we're, where we're talking over the Chesapeake Bay Bridge and that whole that whole mess there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's a mess. All right, but I'm over at the coast. I'm right, right near the Atlantic Ocean. Gotcha. Um, so it's it's not a work truck. It's not you know you know really worked hard, and it's um, just in the past couple of weeks, it's always been sluggish because it's a four cylinder lightweight pickup. Right. But uh, but in the past couple of weeks, when I'm at a a red light or a stop sign, I, I, I'm pressing the accelerator, and this truck is like not catching up. And okay. It's like taking forever to get off the line, and then once it gets rolling, it's absolutely fine. It goes, you know, through all the gears, and and it's rolling along the highway. But uh, from a dead stop, it's it's definitely acting up. And uh, one thing I wanted to mention is that the check engine light came on recently, and I took it to a shop, and the guy said, "Oh, I said, well, I said, well, what's the code? What does it say?" And he said, "Oh, it's that O2 sensor." He says the O2 sensor comes on all the time, and he said, he said, uh, I'm going to clear it out. And he said, you know, run high test 
uh, fuel uh, through through it, and let's see if uh, if it stays off. Well, it it, it did not stay off, um, and I guess my question is, would an O2 sensor issue cause the symptoms that I'm now experiencing? Uh, an O2 sensor, it depends on the failure. A performance fault can affect. Let, let, let's do it in this. Let's do it in terms of this. All right. Um, you have a thermostat in your house, right? Regulates the right. heat. So a thermostat is a lot like an oxygen sensor. There's a high limit. There's a low limit. When you call for heat, it it turns the furnace on. When the furnace brings the heat up, it turns the heat off, and so on. It's an ongoing process. An O2 sensor sort of works the same way. There's a high limit and a low limit. If the computer sees a high voltage out of the O2 sensor, it knows that the vehicle is running under a rich condition and it provides a lean command whereby it, it, it limits the amount of fuel going to the engine. And then when it gets the O2 sensor down to a lean condition, low voltage, it applies more fuel. And this is all happening in milliseconds. This is all happening. It happened 100 times while I tried to explain this to you, okay? <laughs> so it, it's, it's that quick. An O2 sensor by itself doesn't sound likely. An O2 sensor as a performance fault on an older vehicle, yeah, it's, it wouldn't be completely uncommon. So a couple of things, all right? First of all, is this your regular mechanic that you took it to? Yeah, okay. yeah. He's, he does all the oil changes and all, all right. that stuff. So he's got to understand that if that light's coming on, there's a reason. And we've, we've got to diagnose it. Doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad O2 sensor. This could be a this could be a, a a fuel trim issue. This could be a, a back pressure problem. There's a bunch of things that could be here. So if he continues to say, "Hey, let's just clear the code, put a high test in it, and drive it," I gotta tell you, maybe he's not the guy. All right? Yeah. Because that's you know that's no way to put it. That's sort of like Doc, my chest hurt. I felt a tick in my heart. He says, "Well, take this pill, and you know if you feel better, let me know." Uh, you know, um, you know. Hopefully, you're there the next day to to feel better. Um, one quick test. One thing I want you to try is this is an automatic, right? Uh, yes, sir. It is. All right. Have you tried pulling it down into first gear and accelerating? Uh, no, actually. You mean off the line? Yeah. Uh, I haven't tried that. Manually shift it. You were a hot. You were a hot rodder back in the day. I can tell. All right? Manually shift it. Pull it down into first. Bring it up to about 15 miles an hour and nudge it into second. Does the truck accelerate normally? I'm wondering if this truck is starting out in the incorrect gear, and that's causing the performance fault, just like if you started a 10-speed in the wrong gear. Do that. Call me back, and we'll talk about it some more. I'm Ron and Amy, the car doctor. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back. We're on any of the car doctor, 855-560-9900. Next week, we start, the, uh, we start a little bit of holiday gift giving. We're going to be giving away two copies of OBD2 Diagnostics, made easy by Steve Cook. And uh, decision of the judges, Tom and Mikey, is final. So uh, you want to call in next week, ask a question, uh, see if you're on the winning streak. If you're looking for a copy of it, you want to bypass the game uh, contest uh, do it the other way. Get out to Amazon. It's available out on Amazon. OBD2 Diagnostics Made Easy. Lori in Queens, New York. How are you today, Lori? How can I help you? Great. How are you, Ron? I'm good. What's going um, on? I'm, wait, I'm calling because I'm looking to purchase a second car with a th third row seat. Um, I have three kids. I, it needs to accommodate seven people. I have one. Or I already drive the, 
Suburban, uh, the Chevy Suburban, but I'm looking for a second car that's, you know, not going to break the bank, uh, a little more affordable. Okay. Uh, considering the Kia Sedona, because I, I like its 10-year warranty on the price, but I wanted to see if you had any recommendations. Yeah, the, the yeah, what's my what's my price range? What do I get to spend? Um, I would say thirty under thirty. Thirty Un- under no 30. thirty. Are you open to certified yeah. pre-owned stuff? Uh, I prefer new, but I mean, you know, I'm open to hearing what, what your okay. suggestions are. So, I, I, the Kia Sedona with the you know the the powertrain warranty. Yeah, I think it's an okay choice. Right. Um, uh, you know, I think they've come a long way. I always worry about parts. I always worry about the next war in Korea, as crazy as that sounds. Uh, you know, all right. that all that comes to mind. Um, uh-huh. I, I, I can tell you this from experience. It seems like most Kias in the past, they get up to be five, six years old, and they feel like a five, six-year-old car. They don't seem to hold up that well, and you're typically trying to get rid of it. So I don't know if you're planning right. to keep it 10 years or you're just looking for a four-, five-year vehicle. Four-, five-year vehicle, yeah, it's a decent choice. I like, mm-hmm. I like with that third row, I like a full-size Ford Explorer. All right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to lie. Okay. You know, you know it's, that's, what, that's what Susie drives. Um, right. You know, and it's not that we have a use for it, but she's got that third row seat, and I don't think we're expecting any little passengers at this point. Maybe grand passengers, but um, right. you know, not uh, not not yet. We're hoping. Um, yeah. So I like okay. that as a choice. I have a Chevy Suburban. Can't beat it. You can do everything with that vehicle. Yeah. Drive it across the ocean, except float it, and uh, um, it holds everything you want to put in it. So it's a good choice. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. if if I had unlimited dollars. You know what came to yeah. my my, and I like it. It's a nice, but it's a it's it's an expensive vehicle. Is the uh, Infinity QX? I forget the yeah. It's mm-hmm. like sixty or seventy thousand dollars. So it's kind of out of the price budget yeah. here. Um, but I, I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's a nice vehicle. Um, right. You know, I think that when I start looking at seven passenger vehicles, Lori, I always think, how old are the kids now? How long do I want to hang on to the car realistically besides forever? All right. right. Uh, you know, so, you know, I'm trying to go for bang for the buck. You're in Queens, New York. Do you have a parking spot for it? Or are you parking it on the street? Are you in a garage? Yeah, no, we have a parking, uh, a driveway. Okay, so it's in a, a it's, it's in a driveway, so it's off-street parking. And that's always important. So, right. you know, how old is the youngest? Uh, he's three. So okay. I have two in car seats, one in, you know, booster seats. Right, so, so you're going to have this car... You're, you're probably not going to keep this car until the youngest is 17, is my point, or the oldest is 17. Right. So right. you're probably going to go five, six years with this car, then toss it and get another one, is is my guess. That gets you to... Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, that gets you to I the first like one going suburban, into college and, you know... Yeah, um, I, I'd like to plan on having something for at least the next five to ten years, you know, right. whatever I end up getting. Right. So, uh, you know, that's a good option. Yeah. Think about the Explorer. I think the Toyota, just to give you another one, the, uh, I think the Toyota Highlander, I think they have a third row seat option. Yeah. All right. You you can look at that. Um, and either one of those in a certified pre-owned might get you into that thirty, $35,000 range without breaking the bank. And then, you know, throw an extended warranty on it. And then you've got the benefit of something that's a little bit more accessible parts-wise and service information-wise. 
and they've both got a better durability record, I think, than the Kia. So just okay. Just, just so your first choice of those would be the Ford Explorer, right? In that price range, right? In that price like range, that. yeah. I'd I'd look at an Explorer. Okay. Uh, you know, she's had hers, and you know, she's <laughs> listen. She's married to me, so if Mama's not happy, nobody's mm-hmm. happy. Um, yeah, you know, a year and a half now, and it's been not good. It's been a good uh-huh. car. Uh, you know, I haven't I haven't heard anything bad about it, and I ask her every day at dinner. Yeah. Um, how's the car? Okay. You know. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, and I can say, you know, she never listens to the show anyway. Uh, she always tells me, she says, uh-huh. I, don't, I don't need to listen to the show. I live with you. I, I get the show all the time, 24-7. <laughs> I go, just think all of America wants that. You know, she, I can't convince her no matter what I try. It's just, so, uh-huh. but, um, yeah. Yeah, my husband's a huge fan, which is why he waits till he hears that I called you. He didn't think I was going to ever call in, but I can't wait to play back for him. He's at work right now. Oh, what's he do? What's so, he, yeah, what's huge he, fan. What's he do? He's a firefighter. Oh, God bless him. And, and, yeah, yeah, yeah FDNY. So yeah. He's, a, he's a big fan. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he saw you were giving away Steve Cook's book on his, on your Facebook page. Is that true? Yeah, that is. I need to get one of those for call, Christmas. Call us next week. We'll see if we can get you through. Um, All uh, right. Yeah, next you, week. You, you, you call us next week and... Uh, um, you know, did you ever think that your husband was a little crazy, though? You know, he's running he's running yeah. towards the fire and everybody else is running away. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's insane. Did of he course, play, I think it every day. Did he play with fire <laughs> trucks as a kid? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, you know, like what made him want to grow up? children do. Yeah, it's, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So, hey, listen, yeah. God bless you. God bless him. You guys Thank have you your hands so full. And, uh, you know, we, we, we thank uh-huh. him for what he does, obviously. So, uh, Thank you, Ron. I appreciate it. Thanks for the recommendation. You're very welcome. You take good care. Wow. All right. Have a happy holiday. You too. Bye-bye. Um, that's kind of neat, right? That's that's just... I got to tell you, you know, the radio show really does have some very interesting, heartwarming moments. I still think about... We did, the, we did a remote from the Dead Man's Curve car show like two years ago, three years ago, and a father comes up to me. And I think I've told this story before, and I always think about it, um, because it, it, it repeats in various ways. And a father comes up to me with his son, and he said, I wanted you to you know, meet my son. Uh, I think the young man was 19 or 20 at the time. And he said, you won't recognize him, but you know, he said, you met him once before about 15 years ago. And I didn't recognize him. And he, and he, said, he, said, he said, my wife brought him to your shop, he sat on your knee. They took a picture, and they gave me a picture of you and my son on, on your lap for a Christmas card. Merry Christmas, Dad, that kind of a thing. And he said, I wanted to let you know that my son's been listening to you for 15 years, and he's, he's leaving. He's going to trade school. He's going to become a mechanic because, you know, come on, listen. You do that once in your lifetime, you've made your mark. It's okay. It's time to move on. So, um, you know, you're, you're influencing people on what to buy. And, listen, I take, I take this seat very, very um, personal, and I take this seat with a very high degree of, uh, you know, responsibility. So I, 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 I really try, but I appreciate people like that and everyone reaching out to us. Um, you know, this is uh, not something to be taken lightly. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Ron and Andy, the car doctor and crew, coming back right after this. Ron 
Caffeinated Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. Quick piece of email. Ron, I've got a 2002 Forerunner. The gas pump keeps clicking off when I try to fuel the truck. Could this be the vapor pressure sensor? I've confirmed it's not the gas pump. This comes to us from Kevin. Kevin, when you say vapor pressure sensor, yeah, it could be. You know, the issue is this is sort of like trying to fill a gas can all right, without a vent open on the other side. This could be a clogged vent. This could be a clogged canister. This could be spider webs on the vent tube on the filler neck itself. So some diagnostics have to be in order here rather than just saying, could this be? Um, so some testing is involved. Just when you do the testing, keep in mind you're looking for the idea that if you put fuel in or pressure in on this side, it has to be able to vent it out that side. So they've got to look at the system. And a part of this would encounter maybe disconnecting the vapor pressure sensor hose so that it could breathe the atmosphere. And, um, you know, does that allow it to properly fill? And then if that's the case, maybe the sensor, not the sensor, solenoid is sticking. Um, the sensor wouldn't do it. A sensor just measures. A sensor doesn't uh, regulate flow like that. So just uh, you know, think in terms of venting, uh, fuel venting, and think of that gas can sitting on the ground trying to fill it up if it's not open on the other side. You know how I'm always telling you about oil and, um, you know, motor oils are only as good as the company behind it and the engineering that goes into it. The folks over at Kendall Motor Oil, Kendall Motor Oil, KendallMotorOil.com, are um, working on some changes. I was doing some research looking at the changes. There's a, there's a new classification, ILSAC GF6 is coming. It's due out in May of next year. And, you know, Kendall's got a nice write-up on their website. They've got nine or so questions, you know, Q&A going on. And it starts out as major changes in passenger car motor oils are on the horizon. Kendall Motor Oil is working with the OEMs and the American Petroleum Institute to develop products that meet GF6 specs. As the industry moves away from GS, GF5, which is the current standard, installers and consumers will be affected by new specs. And one of the things that caught my eye is they talk about, you know, Kendall is now working to produce in volume, as, and they probably have it by now, 0W16. You know, 0W16 motor oil is coming, all right? And, um, uh, you know, Kendall's working hard to with the OEMs, the original equipment manufacturers. They're trying to uh, bring it together out in the marketplace, and they will, and I think they probably have. Again, they probably have. Uh, it's it's the way they're reading it. And um, they developed something new called liquid titanium, which is an additive. Or it's, it's, it's their vitamins, right? What do I always tell you? That oils are only as good. They all start with base stock. Everybody makes chicken soup the same way. You start with a chicken. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the noodles and the additives and the vitamins that you put in there that make it better chicken soup. And it looks like Kendall is on to something now. They've got their liquid titanium additive package that they're putting in their motor oils that's going to give them that edge. So you want to take a look at that. Get out to Kendall Motor Oil dot com and uh, you can read about it there um, and look at their Q&A and see what's going on. Let's go over to Bob in Delaware on, on line two with uh, no one Chevy Cavalier and a crank no start. Robert, how can I help you, sir? Running eating the car doctor at your service. Yeah, I was out driving and it just shut off at a red light. Okay. I took it to, took it to the garage. They put a, mod, a module in it. And it still they doesn't start. Do okay. Did they diagnose anything? No. Okay. So, does that mean I get to guess too? It could be. It could be a coil. Coils. All right. Is this your regular mechanic, uh, Bob? No, it's not. All right. So, how far are you from your regular mechanic? 
about 15 miles. All right, tow it. You know, it's, well, you know what? These guys are guessing. Um, this could be anything from an ignition switch to an ignition module to a problem with anti-theft to, you know, there's a, there's a half a dozen woulda, coulda, shouldas here. All right? Right. And if, if they're not following basic diagnostics, listen, do you have a lawnmower? Yes, I do. Okay, if your lawnmower doesn't start, it's one of three reasons, right? Spark, right. fuel, or mechanical. If the car doesn't start, it can be broken down into those same three categories, right? Spark, fuel, or right. mechanical. If if they don't even want to take a look at the basics of that, I could sit here and spend the next two hours, of which I don't have, telling you what the possibilities are. But an, okay. a, a, until somebody does a, some sort of diagnostic routine, and, you know, this is this is akin to you just found out you got a heart condition and you're 15 miles from your doctor. Do you just go to any doctor? Don't you want to go to your regular doctor that knows you, that knows that that, right. that that's that's that that knows the car at this point, that's done all the service and done all the maintenance? Bite the, bite the bullet, pay for the tow if you don't have AAA or something, and just get it to your regular guy. It's going to be worth it in the long run. Alrighty. All right, sir. All right, thank you. You're very welcome. If you need more, we're here for you next week. Um, 855-560-9900. Ron Anini, The Car Doctor. Come on back. Welcome back. Ron Anini, The Car Doctor. Um, Mikey, does my chin look any different today? I meant to ask you this. So I have to tell you this story, but not 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 too hard. Um uh, come on now. Just, just does it? Do, do I look any better today? So, oh no. I, was, I was trying to do this without Tom getting involved. Uh, so I went to the eye doctor the other day, and I, I sat in the chair, and you know I have the same optometrist as as, as Eli Manning, right? And um, you know he he tells me he says you know he says Eli was here two days ago, and I was like. It was kind of like that David Letterman moment when Johnny Carson showed up, remember? And Letterman goes, wow, the chair is kind of warm, you know? I, I sat down in the chair, and I was like, wow, does this mean, does this mean I, could, I can get out there and throw the ball? And maybe not with the way the Giants are playing this year. Well, but, well, wait a minute now, <laughs> but he's starting this week, so what's your prediction? You, I mean, you've been near the man. Come on. Well, I got to think that um, I think the Giants are going to beat the Eagles. Just because I think Eli's got something to prove, and I think the Eagles are going to have their hands full. You know so what? You might be right. I, I really want right. to kind of watch him play. But here's the question I want to know. If, if I get there two days ahead of Eli, by the time I get there next time, he might be retired. Does that mean he'll be able to fix cars if he sits in the chair where I sat? That's a good question. We ought to find out. Yeah, I'm going to find out. I'm going to try and coordinate that. But, uh, yeah, so my chin was in the same where they do the eyeball thing. So, hey, like that, I could be like an NFL. Well, that's how the whole radio show thing started, in all honesty, and I realize we're off topic here. Um, you know, I started out on a smaller station, and that lasted for five, six years, and, and then it was over because they changed formats. And, you know, I, I remember saying to my wife, I said, um, after about three months, I said, I think I want to do radio again. And she said, yeah, where do you want to go? And I said, I want to be on a New York radio station, a big New York radio station. And, uh, you know... <laughs> She said to me, half kiddingly, she goes, yeah, the Giants are looking for a quarterback. She goes, why don't you go down and do the tryouts? The tryouts are next week. She goes, because, you know, listen, I'm just trying to keep you grounded. She's, I'm not trying to be negative, but you got about as much chance of that as this. Um, 
I said, well, you never know. And the next thing you know, I'm standing online in a bagel store, and I bump into the marketing director of a major oil company, and here we are 28 years and growing. So uh, it, it, it could happen to you. Hey, it's been a great hour. It's been a great two hours this week, and I want to thank you for stopping by. Till the next time, I'm Ron Anany, the car doctor, reminding you, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya. See ya.